It's Thursday. You know what that means. Welcome in the Highly Disputed. My name is Dylan Bishop. With me, as always, is Ryan Stickle. How's it going, Ryan? It's a lot going on right now. Uh, seems like all the... Uh, except hockey, of course. Never hear much out of hockey. Uh, everybody's Everybody's got some big story happening at the moment. Uh, and it's It's fun. Uh, but at the same time, you know, I was kind of hoping to maybe focus on uh, just football for a little bit. But, you know, the NBA has succeeded, I'd say, uh, not just with their in-season tournament, but with their usual silly drama that they, they usually have going on. So they're they're doing all right. They are. Um, let's just get that. Let's get that out of the way. Let's just let's we can the meat of this can be football. In the NFL, because there's plenty, there's plenty of meat on the bone there, especially since we did, well, we did a show last Monday, so ten days ago. Uh, since then, we had the whole last week. We 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 did a show before the Bengals beat the Jaguars on Monday night football. <laughs> That's right. We did it oh, like man. you know hours before that happened, and we I remember on that show we were like you know. Assuming the Jaguars win tonight, and then they didn't. Man, they um, certainly did not. And then the Bengals went and won again against the Colts. Jake Browning is Joe Burrow a system quarterback? We can get to, we'll get to that. But uh, I think let's start with the freshest news, the thing dominating the headlines in the last day or two, and Draymond Green is at it again, folks. <laughs> You can't stop him. He's just, he's Draymond. He's just going to do this, you know? And so. That's sort of the thing is that he he's always kind of been like this, but now it's just really getting out of control that he's, he's having multiple incidents in, I don't know. How many games ago was he choking out Rudy Gobert? Like 10? Yeah, it was only it was a few weeks ago. Really but you think not... like he got suspended what five games for that? And I mean, there's only been about twenty games played by each team overall. So, I mean, that was not that long ago, and he was suspended for those five games and came back, and now he's throwing the th- throwing the hurricane, the spinning back fist at Yusuf Nurkic. In, a, in games, <laughs> looking like Eddie, fucking Eddie Kingston out there, just throwing haymakers like a late '90s era All Japan Pro Wrestling star out here, and now he's suspended indefinitely. And I, I'm gonna try to find. I want to know exactly how many games ago that game against the Timberwolves was that Draymond got ejected. I believe it was November 12th. <laughs> so. <laughs> Well, actually, okay, so they played the Timberwolves two straight games. So uh, I have to see. And they were both in Golden State. So it was one of those games. Let's see. Edwards and Towns. And there's no headlines about it in this first one. So maybe it was maybe it was the 14th, if I'm looking. Uh, yeah, early <laughs> we ejections. Almost, we almost made it yeah. one month. Yeah. It was <laughs> November 14th, exactly a, uh, a month from today. And he was suspended, what, one, two, three, four, five games. And then after that, he came back. And since then, there's been one, two, 
the Warriors have played three, four, five. It was his sixth game back from that suspension. <laughs> now he's yeah. Most again. guys don't. Most guys don't have two. At least in today's era, they don't have two high-profile incidents like that in their whole career. So the fact that he, you know, has numerous times he's done this, and these two have been so close together. This was then, his second incident in seven games. And and you throw in on top of it uh, in the playoffs last year. Obviously, it's it's more it's several months between, but in terms of games, that wasn't too far back either when he stomped on Sabonis, right? So I forgot about that one even. Yeah, and and then of course there was the 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 dick kick against the Steve. Was it uh, was that Stephen Adams? Or he did it to Stephen Adams. Uh, yes, and then yes, he was also Steven suspended Adams. during the finals against the Cavaliers. Yeah, and, and you know, there's plenty of little things in between ejections and just kind of getting in the face of guys. and Or, you know, cold-clocking Jordan Poole in practice last yeah, year. That too, that too. And it's just mounting up and looks especially bad now, I think, because they're not winning like they have been. And so... Right. You know, I mean, guys can get away with literal crimes if they're good enough at basketball and their team is good. Um, yeah. And so, I mean, this this is just a lesser version of that. And, um, you know, when, fair, when they're winning, it looks okay. You know, you can get past it. You don't even have to be that good to get away with crimes in the NBA and the NFL. Miles Bridges, not that great. But, you know, <laughs> anyway, that's I guess that's beside the point. Yeah, and so uh, with Draymond now, it's like, the indefinite suspension, I think, is good because you at least have to try to like get him some type of counseling, right? Because like at this he, point, like he clearly has anger issues, right? Yeah, like, he this, has to. This because... is an anger management situation, and and if he doesn't, then he's just an ass. <laughs> like, yeah, um, you know, you can only do so much with that, but you know, at least if it's if it's anger management, it's like that's something we can work on, right? You can't really you can't really help if you're an ass and that's just who you are. But if he has real anger, anger management issues, then yeah, let's, let's see what type of counseling we can get into and see if he can like maybe have an aha moment and, and realize, Oh, like this is wrong. Maybe my ego is a little too big. Maybe I'm overreacting some things. Maybe I can process this stuff differently in the moment. And, you know, at, at this point, if he gets through this suspension and there's another incident, you know, and listen, I'm not saying if he gets, you know, two texts for yelling at a ref, it should be, you know, the end of his career or anything. But if, if we go another year or so, year and a half even, and it happens again where he's just lashing out, mostly unprovoked, like if anything, a guy's grabbing at him a little bit and then he just loses it. If it's something like that again, then at that point, it's like just suspend the guy a whole season. And, yeah. and, and you don't, I'm not saying you have to ban him from the league. But as he starts to get a little older, just take away chunks of his career at that point. Because at that point, he just doesn't get it. And it's, you know, you can let guys get away with a lot. And guys can be jerks and unlikable and, you know, start verbal altercations, I guess. But you can't let this guy go out and endanger other people on the court. Because he's gotten lucky a few times that he hasn't really injured somebody. Right. At some point, you just have to say, like, dude, 
if you can't control yourself out on the court, like Nurkic was not doing anything other than like playing solid deep. I wouldn't, I can't even really say that hard of defense. He just kind of like bumped him. Like that's just, that's just basketball. There's no, he didn't really do much of anything. And Draymond just lashed out. Like you said, it was kind of wild. And maybe it is, you know, partly is like the Warriors aren't winning as much and he's getting, it's more that frustration. And if that's the case, then, you know, buddy, still control yourself. <laughs> right. Um, and then it's like, you know, if you say, well, the Warriors need to trade him, who, who's going to trade for him? And I don't like, I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, it's just a really weird situation. I think the Warriors just kind of, the, the Warriors aren't very good. Is the thing like Steph Curry is carrying that team. And it used to be, you know, Steph could, could do these carry jobs and he was doing them in the finals. You know, this was only two years ago or whatever it was against the Celtics. There was, you know, it was a game five, game six, where he dropped like 50 points and or, you know, even last year, I think it was game seven against the Kings and he drops 50 points and he had that really great game five or six against the Celtics. But now, like, Andrew Wiggins is, like, not trying, and Clay Thompson is washed, and Draymond's not <laughs> quite, you know, Draymond's doing his thing. <laughs> and suspended half the time now, so. Right, that too, yeah. So, it's just like, what do you, Chris Paul is, you know, coming off the bench, and I, I guess he's, you know, helping things over there. But I don't know. I don't know what you. Yeah, I can't. I can't tell. Like, what do you really do? Yeah, you're just kind of stuck at that point. I think you are just kind of stuck. And you're you're holding on to these these pieces, and Curry appears to still have plenty of of good basketball left, if not some great basketball, because he. Oh yeah. He's playing, you know, just as well as he ever has, Um, and you know, compared to his team, he looks a lot better. Than he ever has almost because they're so bad in comparison. Um, but yeah, when you when you have an old core like this and you're still trying to hang on and win with it, you are kind of stuck because, like you said, nobody's going to trade for these guys. Um, yeah, especially Draymond because what he does, and he's had a very good career, but he, what he does fits well really within that team when it's working and right now it's not working. And so you see it's, it's failing. And I just don't know where else he would go where they're first off, not going to clash with him and his personality and his, his antics, but also where he fits just kind of as a player, you know? And so it's, it's, it's rough for them. I I think they're just going to have to ride out this season. And then, you know, maybe you do like a mini, mini rebuild around Curry to see if you can get one more out of him. But yeah, right now they're just, they're kind of just stuck in limbo, which might be the worst place you can be. Cause they're not like, they're not lottery terrible quite yet, but they, they are getting no. there. So they at least maybe have that, that like they're getting to like a really bad point. Cause that might help you turn it around faster, but um... really it's, it's Steph is the only thing keeping you from that. I mean, just think about the, the year a few years ago where 
they finished with the second pick in the draft because Steph missed most of the year. I mean, yeah. they are currently the 11 seed in the Western Conference uh, at 10 and 13, two games ahead of the Jazz, or two and a half, uh, three and a half ahead of the Trailblazers, four ahead of the Grizzlies, and seven ahead of the Spurs. The Spurs are three and 20, by the way. That's, <laughs> that's rough. Still um, better than the Pistons. Still better than the Pistons somehow, who have not won since the World Series was ongoing. Yeah, so. <laughs> they started two and one. The Pistons did. They and sure did. They are, I believe, two and twenty-two. Yes, they are. So, um, good job to them, I guess. That's... We've heard about how bad the Wizards are. The Wizards are three and twenty, and the Spurs are also three and twenty. So, <laughs> yeah, the Pistons are—they're just kind of a different level. I can't explain it, but. You just wonder, are they ever going to win another game? It'd be really funny if they didn't. When they, (laughs) that would be, I'd be impressed almost, you know? Like, we should give them the first two picks in the draft if they don't win another game. That would be the great thing is they could not win a game for the rest of the season and they could still end it with the fourth pick in the draft. Yeah. (laughs) Because of the lottery odds. Kind of incredible. Good old lottery. They'd really, you know, they're trying to curb tanking and all, but sometimes there's there's one or two teams that are truly the worst, and they really do need the pick, and then they yeah. just get screwed out of it because yep. mm-hmm. some teams have tried to tank. Yep. Yep. Ugh. Well, anyway, you know, Draymond is uh, going to be gone for a little bit, and, uh, you know, no, there's really no telling when he gets back. There's no, no timetable here. Uh you know, if it's anything like the uh, John Morant counseling, we'll probably see him, you know, next Friday or something. But uh, <laughs> right. I, I assume I assume he'll be gone. You would have to think till the first of the year, right? At least. Yeah. Through December. That's, yeah. I mean, anything less. We've already gone through with, you know, a different situation with with job, but similar, a similar type of suspension. And, you know, we. We can't do that again. It was clearly a laughing stock. Yeah. By the way, while looking at the NBA standings, Ryan, do you know where the Phoenix Suns are in the, in the Western Conference standings? Oh, man. Um, are they eighth? I'm not sure. They wish they were eighth. Oh. <laughs> They're tenth. Oh. Now, that being said, they are a game and a half away from fifth. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's still early, so, you know. Yeah, so, I mean, looking at the we- the Western Conference standings right now, we're actually, it's it's kind of wild. Because I, I just recalled that, you know, I feel like the last time I looked at the standings, the Suns were, like, fourth or fifth. And that was the case. It, it goes, like, the Timberwolves are 17-5 and five right now. They're the number one seed. Then, without naming the teams... I'm going to just say how many games back each team is of the Timberwolves. Two, two and a half, two and a half, three and a half, four, four and a half, four and a half, four and a half, five. <laughs> the, the Lakers, have, the, the Lakers have made their way up to fifth. The Lakers are currently fifth. The Mavericks are currently third. Uh, the It's like, it goes Timberwolves, Thunder, Mavericks, Nuggets, Lakers, Kings, Rockets, Clippers, Pelicans, 
Suns, and then the Warriors. What are they doing over there? Yeah, the West is uh, it's it's off to a strange start. And I think we kind of talked about this how the East standings last time we did a show. The East really looked like how the East would turn out, except for maybe the Magic being a little too high, and then the West is kind of all over the place for the most part. And yeah, I mean, the Rockets being where they are, the Thunder being up at at two, um, you know, and even (laughs) even the Nuggets. I know it's only two and a half games. It's still very early, but even seeing the Nuggets down at four is a little strange. So, um, yeah, it's, right. it's a the weird Nuggets year. Are, you know, a game away from being second, but still. Yeah, yeah Memphis has, has really crumbled. Um, you know, they are, they are a Spurs yeah. away from being the worst team in the West. Um, and then, you know, you got the rest of the bottom feeders, the, the Jazz and the Trailblazers down there with Golden State. So, um, I don't. I don't know how this is going to shape out. The Lakers, again, they... NBA Cup champions. They're NBA Cup champions. Um, You know, a week ago, their season was falling apart. Now they're champions of the NBA Cup. They're going to raise a banner on Monday, which is not a full championship banner. It's a banner with room for lots of, of dates on it. So it'll be, you know, have a, it'll have a small uh, 2023 at the bottom, and they'll just add dates as they win them. Um, which it'd be funny if they scrapped it in two years because then it's like, do you leave the banner right. up or, or yeah. what? But um, yeah, they're they're doing you know just fine. It seems Anthony Davis is playing well, so as long as that happens, they're going to win games. Uh, yeah. And then the rest of it, man, it's you know, you, do you trust the the Mavericks to <laughs> hang at three all year because they're heavily no. reliant on just two players? Um, and you know, I've already seen Kyrie do with some stuff. Um. And then the Rockets hanging there above the Clippers, the Pelicans, and the Suns is funny to see. That doesn't seem sustainable. Um, they are eleven and one at home and one and eight on the road, which is pretty wild. Um, <laughs> that's I don't know what the, they must be doing something at home because <laughs> I don't know. That is a uh, almost a concerning sample size there for the the Rockets. But yeah, the West is. For me, wide open. Um, yeah, you expect the Nuggets to come and maybe be that one seed eventually, but even if they're not, that, you trust yeah. them in the playoffs most. So right, right, you get them seven game series against anybody. You're gonna you're gonna pick them right now, and pretty yeah. much the whole NBA. You know, maybe you get into some finals matchups, but in the West, that's still got to be the team, and so. You know, not a ton to, to, to pick apart yet there because, again, like one through ten is, is five games. So in a week's time, that could be completely uh, flipped around there, um, you know, swap a few teams around. But, yeah, that because the East is still pretty much holding strong here. Um, oh, there's the uh, fire alarm. <laughs> That's fun. Oh, nice. Woo! The East is on fire. Yeah, we're cooking. <laughs> These, I, I mean, I wish I would have like said like something really controversial uh, when that went off. But um, <laughs> were the uh, were the Magic the two seed last we checked? Were they still two? Because right now they are tied for third. That sounds right. Yeah. Yep, and they're one and a half back of the Celtics. Still going strong. 
Um, I did forget to give a hot take again there for the uh, smoke. I'm not sure what's happening in the kitchen. Um, the Knicks are down at seven at the moment. They had a very terrible loss to the Jazz last night. Um, they only had, I think it was only, I'm trying to think. It would have been, what, DiVincenzo, Randall, and then quickly, I think, were the only players to make three-pointers for them last night. <laughs> oh. And, uh, oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> I'm <laughs> I wonder what the this takes uh, are too hot. Yeah, I don't. I have. I just honestly have no clue. I didn't know anybody was cooking anything tonight. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I wonder what this is gonna sound like when it's played back. I can tell you what it sounds like. It sounds like fire alarm. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Oh, yeah, that's geez. that's the NBA. Yeah, the East, the East is the East. There's not much development to go over there, but most of the meat on the bone here for us to talk about is is the NFL. And man, did, I think we got on here last week and and said that we, or I did at least. I, I thought the Bills were going to beat the Chiefs, and they did. And well, if you ask Patrick Mahomes, oh, they uh, they shouldn't have uh, because first of all, there's never been a better example of the the advocating for it was cool, let this play count than that play. Travis Kelsey down the field and throws the lateral across the field, the spiral across the field to Canaries Tony. And he catches it and runs it in the end zone for what would have been a go-ahead touchdown. Listen, sometimes the refs <laughs> just pick up the flag. You're like, listen, it was too cold. We we have to let it we have to let it count. We have to. And a guy makes a sick catch, barely has a second foot hit out of bounds. Nope, sorry, catch was too cold. The it's a touchdown or it's a catch. <laughs> This was a great example of that. But then Patrick Mahomes went and he ruined it by just screaming. And now I'm glad it didn't count. And I'm glad that <laughs> and I'm, I'm glad that the big old big old poopy diaper baby didn't get what he wanted. Because he's screaming and he's loudly wrong. He's incredibly wrong. <laughs> yeah, and I get like the fan sentiment. It's the same thing with the Florida State argument of like as a fan. Clearly, we prefer Alabama there, but like, as a move by the committee, you they probably should have been in just being an undefeated, you know, all that. We talked through all that. This was the same thing as a fan. Oh, uh, you know, guys do kind of line off a little bit offside sometimes. It's a shame that that play was overturned. That really sucks. But as a player and as a ref, it's like if he was clearly offsides and. He's yeah. covering the ball from the ref. That's kind of your job to throw it. Mm-hmm. And I get that, you know, it's not like holding, right? Where Or pass interference. Because sometimes guys can just get away with something or there's certain moments, you know, pass interference doesn't get called sometimes. Uh, you know, kind of like the <laughs> really the Chiefs the week before. Uh, there's a little bit of contact there on that last play against the Packers. 
but those things can be subjective to a point. Um, but this, I mean, that that's hard to argue with. And I, I think it was really just him lashing out because I couldn't really remember. I was trying to think back how many big games like this that Patrick Mahomes has lost. And, you know, what it's they lost that AFC championship to the to Bengals. The, the Bengals. They lost one to the Patriots. Yep. Um, and, and that one against the Patriots, I do recall there being a pass interference or non-pass interference. Uh, going in the favor of the Patriots. There was Back a then. it was an offside Chris Jones lined up offsides. Uh, well. It did not it did not affect the play, but he, you know, it was basically what Tony did. He was his foot was on the line basically, the line of scrimmage. And yeah. the Chiefs ended up the play ran just as normal like that. I don't think anybody was assuming free play or anything. Um and Brady threw a pick and it, it would have sealed the game pretty much. Uh but then he was he was offsides. And so uh yeah, that that essentially lost in that game. I know it went to overtime and all that. We changed the rules and this and that, but that was, that's what happened. And so in that situation, it's just, yeah, it is a bad look for Mahomes. Clearly not used to losing these types of games. And, you know, that's, that's really all there is to it. I think he, he probably realizes that a little bit because he did make some comments the day after at the very least, he said, you know, I probably shouldn't have been venting to Josh Allen on the field when the game ended because that was also (laughs) just looked clownish. Um, and, yeah. and really just pathetic, really. I mean, yeah. Um, you know, plenty of guys maybe say something to the ref or, you know, not, you just don't see that too often, the going up to the opposing quarterback and to just keep complaining about the call. Josh Allen doesn't care. He's just happy to get out with a win. A win, by the way, it doesn't put them in the playoff picture yet. Like, they're still, no. they still need to beat the Cowboys and beat the Dolphins. <laughs> like, it's not over for them. And so that's just was step one, big win for them, obviously. But yeah, that was um it was just sad to watch in a way. And you know, that I'm sure it's more than that call. It's probably also the frustration of Patrick Mahomes having the worst offense of his career. Yeah, I think part of it is there's some frustration there that it would be a really bad look if Mahomes went out there and was just, like, screaming at Kadarius Tony, like he sh- probably should be. Like, if, you, if you're if you going to scream, you, you got to scream at that guy, who was just, like... <laughs> I thought he was at first, too. When they constantly. showed him on the sideline, and he, I saw, you know, him mouthing something, something offsides, terrible, this and that. I thought he was screaming at Kadarius Tony for making the mistake, because you can't blame anybody else in that situation. There's no good... He was lined up offsides. In that on that play in particular, he did not check with the ref. And I know people are showing all these plays from the Chiefs and really other teams. It's like, well, look at this play. This guy was lined off sides. They didn't throw the flag. And it's like, yeah, sometimes if it's that close, they let him get away with it. But this one, he, he had to. Like, and so yeah, he he maybe was redirecting some anger there just so he didn't completely destroy right. his teammate. Yeah, I saw I saw some of that thread that I think you know at least one or maybe one of the threads you're referring to where some guy was looking at a bunch of plays from the Chiefs games from the other team uh, and maybe some other games in general and showing all these things where it's like, this wide receiver is offsides. Offsides is when the Chiefs make a good play. And it's like, first of all, the flag, if you see the replay, the flag was thrown immediately at the snap. It wasn't like it was thrown after the touchdown. And then second of all, 
all these all these a lot of these plays this guy was putting screenshots of it was like the the angle was not dead on to the line of scrimmage it was a little angled and i was looking at these wide receivers and i was like that he's not all sides i don't know what you're yelling about and so yeah and in addition to that it wasn't as if you know we score a touchdown on this play we we win or they overturn this touchdown because of a penalty the game is over for starters let's say the touchdown counts the bills who are clearly the better offense in that game, more explosive. Yeah. They still had a good, what, good minute plus to yeah. go down, and, and I think they would have needed – yeah, they would have needed a touchdown themselves, which, again, tough task. Chiefs defense is pretty solid, but, like, the game wasn't just over if you score, right? goes a long way, obviously. But also, after that penalty, they had three more plays to get a first down, and they only needed field goal range to extend the game. So it's not like – that one play completely decided it. You needed you had three more plays to get ten yards, and you couldn't do it. And so, yeah, you throw all that on top, and it, it looks even worse. Like, like it yes cost you that touchdown to potentially win the game, but you could have listen. If if there was gonna be a ball don't lie moment, you had three opportunities, and you you couldn't do it. So tough luck. Yeah. So so with that the. The Bills are keeping their playoff hopes alive. And here's 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 my hot take here. As we talked about, there was also big upsets. One bigger than the other on Monday night, because for some reason there was two Monday night games. First of all, why was there two Monday night games? <laughs> Who was that yeah. for? They've 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 been experimenting with this, so uh, earlier in the year, there were two, and they'd have one start at seven, one start at eight, and there'd be you know one one on ABC, one on ESPN, yeah. and then a few weeks later they did it again, and then seven and eight o'clock, and then they swapped the network. So then ABC started at seven, the other game started at eight. This time they did it simultaneously, and it's you know I guess they're trying to see what works better, but you know how often are you doing this that you need to do all these different variations? I'm. I'm also a little confused. I don't hate it because, you know, I I, I prefer two games to one if I'm just going to throw on football because yeah, because red zone has, the, has the ruined thing us. About, <laughs> the thing about NFL games, regular season games, is that the amount of standalone NFL games that are really good and entertaining for four quarters is actually pretty low. <laughs> like... All of the times that you've ever watched a Thursday night football game, a Sunday night football game, a Monday night football game, a Saturday game, and it's been the only game on, and it's not your team involved. How many times have you sat there and said, man, this was a really good game? Not not a whole lot. Very rarely, you know? And even the games that are kind of you know the, the 4 o'clock, mostly national televised or Sunday night. Like there, there really are very few games that are great. There's plenty of good endings, close endings, but mm-hmm. yeah. That's I mean, what the witching hour is for. And that's know? what the witching hour is for. And even then it's, you know, with all those endings, how many of those games were actually fun all the way through? Probably. That's the thing. It's like, that's the, the fun of red zone is that there's so many games on at once that you're bound to get some entertainment out of it. 
Yeah, know? yeah. Cutting all the fat out, and then I mean, there's a reason the the first half of red zone is so fun, and then it gets really slow during that four o'clock window when you only have three or four mm-hmm. games because. Mm-hmm. To really maximize, to have a product that is fun for three straight hours, you kind of need seven or eight games just to, to keep things fresh nonstop. So, yeah, you know, two Monday night games, it helps. It's random. I think it kind of hurts the, the, the product a little bit that it's like, this isn't the Monday night football game for this week. But, you know, for what it was, we got two close games out of it. And again, both <laughs> d- different kinds of, of upsets there. But uh, yeah, n- upsets nonetheless. Big upset weekend, really. I think most of the underdogs won this weekend, uh, which you know probably hasn't happened for thirty or forty years. Um, but yeah, it was um, that that Dolphins game especially was was something. <laughs> right. I if there was no better time for the Tyreek Hill should be the MVP uh, award. Uh, know narrative to pick up then right before that game because i mean tyree kill missing about half of that game is the reason that they lost it's not the entire reason that they lost because they still didn't look great while he was out there but i think if he's out there the whole game that i mean they end up winning they, they score one you know one more field goal or something yeah, it was a it was a struggle for them, and they, you know, when you when you lose him, it just becomes easier to to kind of keep a lid on that offense. And they even moved down the field a few times. They they turned out some drives, but then they they couldn't finish some weird turnovers and things like that. Now it came back in their favor because then they got two short fields at the end of the game to to take a two score lead. But even that, they they completely squandered it and did not put up any fight against Will Levis. So, you know, I think the biggest loss out of that game really is is Tyreek Hill and what he looks like moving forward because, yeah, he might, you know, play this week and or maybe play next week, but is he going to be 100%? Because if he's not, that offense looks a whole lot different. Like, that just becomes a, a, an offense where they're just going to churn out drives by running the ball and then maybe – once in a while, they, they break something open deep. But it, it's not nearly as dynamic. Yeah, I assume that he'll be okay for the most part. And they'll get through. But here's here's the hot take. I think the Bills are going to win the AFC East. Mm. And Need the, uh, need the smoke alarm to go off now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Michaela, start cooking again. Whatever. <laughs> I got it. I got a text from Michaela, uh, a screenshot. Um, she's not going to listen to this. It, <laughs> it was her be real for the day. It says, if you heard the fire alarm go off in Ryan's podcast this week, no, you didn't. And it's a picture <laughs> of the stove. Oh, God. <laughs> what is she cooking? Uh, let's see. I don't know. Oh, man. Is this a plate on? Is this, there's some sort of, I don't know what that is. I'm not Oh, wow. Well. Anyway. But, (laughs) here's, here, here's where we stand. The Dolphins are nine and four. The Bills are seven and six. 
So there's a two-game difference. The Bills won the first game between the two teams, which means that – so, and they play in Week 18. So, if you were to say the Bills let, – let's, let's look at their last four games each. This week, the Bills play the Cowboys. I believe next week, the Dolphins play the Cowboys. Um, yeah, that has to be how that works out. The Bills play. So first of all, let's start. Let's start here. Buffalo's a two-point favorite against the Cowboys in Buff uh, in in Buffalo this week. Man, that's so, uh, you know, in Buffalo, I think is kind of everything there. I I think that's the thing is because the I, Cowboys I are kind really of think, good. Yeah, I do kind of think that the Bills will win that game. And I think the worse the weather is, the the more likely it is that they'll win that game. (laughs) Yeah, and I think, man, well, I'm interested to see the Cowboys' defense because the Cowboys' defense whole thing is, you know, they're going to send Micah Parsons after you and then hopefully jump a route. Um, And, you know, they're solid otherwise, but their, their thing is they really like to get turnovers. And so they go against the Bills, who... You know, that was kind of the whole the whole talking point with that offense is that, you know, they, they turned it over at some pretty terrible times. And that, that's probably going to decide the game because otherwise I feel like that should be a shootout type of game. Mm-hmm. You would think um, the Cowboys offense is performing at a very high level right now. So that one is, uh, you know, that's, that's really tough. Um, and those teams obviously don't face each other very often either. So it's not like we have much of a sample size from – years past to look at either so that one I mean obviously it's a must win for the Bills I mean they they probably three and one maybe gets them in it's really hard to tell because there's so many I'll I'll, let's just let's just stop there let's go through let's go through the rest of both these team schedules the the Bills follow it up by playing Saturday Saturday night at 8 p.m. on Peacock Against the Los Angeles Chargers at SoFi Stadium, the the Chargers that will be led by Easton Stick. <laughs> Man, I mean, you would. Uh... <laughs> do we have a do we have a, a line on that one yet? Because I don't think we do. But bills by a lot, I assume would be. I would, yeah, Bills yeah. by a lot. And it, I mean, listen, it, if we even have to talk about them potentially getting upset there then like the season's over anyway so i mean we're you right. got to chalk that as a win <laughs> right and then they play the patriots in buffalo which i mean it, here's bill belichick is reportedly not going to be coaching the patriots next they're going to part ways with bill belichick that's that's where the patriots are so that's not great i'm going to try to find a line uh, Bills minus nine and a half for that game against the Chargers. That sounds too low. Yeah, yeah, it's hard to get a, it's hard to get those crazy lines in the NFL. But uh, yeah, I agree. <laughs> and maybe, maybe we'll see tonight how the Chargers look with a full game from from Easton. State. That is that is tonight, isn't it? They're they're playing um, so the Raiders. It, oh, they are playing. They're playing oh. the Raiders and. You know, if Easton Stick comes out and he looks any anywhere near competent, you'll probably see that line hold. If he comes back out and is is truly just garbage, then maybe you know, maybe we're looking at 11, 11 and a half. 
So, but yeah, again, that's that. And then the, the Patriots at home, they lost to the Patriots this year already. But uh, again, that, that was Mac Jones. And that was a really kind of a fluke one-off game because uh, the Patriots just aren't, aren't very good. They, <laughs> they dominated the Steelers for a half and then still kind of just held on right. at the end. So yeah, not a, uh, not confident there, but at, on the other hand, Bill Belichick is, he has nothing to lose at that point also. So yeah, we, we might have kind of weird, weird stuff's going on. We might have to, we'll, we'll have to circle back around to that. But right, for right now, looking at the Dolphins before we get to that week 18. Dolphins play the Jets this week. If you lose to the Jets, geez, you might miss the, the, the Dolphins might miss the playoffs if they lose to the Jets. <laughs> AFC player of the week, Zach Wilson. <laughs> Perfect timing. For Zach Wilson, the AFC Player of the Week. That was weird because it wasn't like it wasn't. Well, I mean that that game was what was that scoreless in the first half? That game, I think. Um, and you know it makes sense. Okay, Tank Dell's hurt. CJ Stroud leaves a little bit early. Uh, that Jets defense is still legit, and so it makes sense that the Texans struggle. But you give up 300 passing yards to Zach Wilson. That's uh not great. And, you know, maybe maybe he was playing with a kind of different, I don't even want to call it sense of pride because he probably doesn't have much of that. But, you know, he's playing a little more little, more free because he's been benched, he's been brought back. At this point, he's probably just cutting it loose. And so maybe that helped him a little bit. Uh, Texas yeah, that defense game... isn't, isn't great either. So Yeah, it's it's not bad, but it's not good. It's not really good either. It's, it's young. It's young. It's young. Yeah. Defense. Uh, yeah, that game was scoreless at halftime, and the final score was thirty to six. So yikes! Man, the Texans Texans are probably cooked for the rest of the year. They're I don't think they're making the playoffs. That's especially if CJ Stroud's not playing this week. They might just lose the Titans, and that'll that'll probably be that. Um, but anyway, uh, the Dolphins they play the Jets, then they play the Cowboys in Miami. So it's not it's not in Dallas, it's not in Arlington, but it is you know, in climate control um, circumstances. And it's possible the Cowboys, I mean, the Cowboys are underdogs against the Bills. They could be coming off of a loss. And I, I mean, I think the Cowboys win that game. I, regardless. I, I don't like the matchup for the Dolphins. <laughs> no. And, I mean, that's the thing we've said a whole year is the Dolphins get cooked by the, the, the good teams and they, they beat up on the bad teams, but they couldn't even, they couldn't even do that against the, t- the Titans this week. So, and you know, Micah Parsons going after Tua just doesn't Ooh, doesn't yeah. sound good. The Dolphins O line got banged up in, in that yeah. game on Monday, so that's not great. Then the Dolphins go to Baltimore on New Year's Eve, which in a game that could be flexed to Sunday Night Football, we'll see. Because uh, I think the current Sunday Night Football that week is Packers Vikings. So, oh man, let me is that um yeah, and Packers. that's a normal one, right? There's one of these Sunday night games that's on NFL Network because I yeah, that's, that that's uh, Christmas, Christmas Eve. Eve. That's Christmas. Eve. Yeah, so um, we'll see. I mean, we'll see how they they feel about that because I know it's you know being kind of a holiday. Well, the Vikings, prefer... the Vikings are officially down to Josh Dobbs is now their emergency third quarterback, <laughs> and the Packers just lost to the Giants on Monday night. So there might be playoff implicate there. Well, there might be play that might 
you know, still somehow be like a playoff play-in game, but there's a good chance that there could be like fighting for the one seed in the AFC in that Dolphins Ravens game. So now, it's like minute. It's like Green Bay market and Minneapolis market versus Miami and Baltimore. I don't think it'd be. It's not like it's. It's not like it's you know Dallas or New York or L.A. It's like oh these big markets. We got to keep this game on Sunday night. So, what time is the Ravens game that day? Is one that o'clock. Four, one o'clock. See, well, that that changes things maybe because I was thinking the NFL might prefer their big game that day to be on at four twenty-five because it's just going to be a little harder to get eyes on your game in the evening. I would think maybe I'm wrong. Having New Year's so, parties and like people just throw on like ABC or whatever. Maybe they, they might have been think they or you know what they were possibly they were thinking that because Bengals Chiefs is at four twenty five. That makes and sense. That you know not so much anymore, but that was. <laughs> that and was, hey, maybe the Bengals might still be playing for something, so that game might they might might still have meaning. Um, but yeah, that game that Sunday night game, and we've we've kept some pretty bad. Sunday night games this this we year. Have. They've bare, they've like not flexed any they've flexed one so far. They flexed Chiefs Patriots out uh of the, of Monday night and they put Eagles Seahawks on there. I don't think they flexed any Sunday night games. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what the logistics are of having to actually flex. Obviously the stadium adjusts and different hours, fans have to adjust. But yeah, in tickets. terms of the networks I don't really know how that works because I know certain networks, you know, like CBS before the season, I'm sure they protected Bengals Chiefs. So, like, we have Bengals Chiefs, 425. Nobody's flexing yeah, that to anything. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, some of these other Sunday night games, it's like, could we really not pull anything from earlier in the day? Like, we couldn't right? couldn't get the Bears out of there one of these times <laughs> or something Seriously. like that. And really that, you know, half that division, it's like – how many times we have to watch the Bears and the Packers and Viking? Even the you know the Lions right now are struggling. So you know, and we'll we'll see for the Dolphins here because in this scenario, they're either when they get to that Ravens game, it's probably either that they're fighting for their division lives and perhaps playoff lives, and if things have gone well, then they're fighting. It's a game for the one seed, probably. Yeah. So either way, that game is going to be huge. Right. So, I mean, I would pick Baltimore right now on that one. Personally. Yeah, again, the matchup. Yeah. Baltimore's defense. So, is... let's even let's even say that the Bills lose to the Cowboys this week. But that the Bills beat the Chargers and the Patriots. Right? That sounds that's fair. That's fair, yeah. Now, let's say the Dolphins beat the Jets, but they lose to the Cowboys and the Ravens. That's that's also sounds fair, right? Yeah, very realistic. So that means that it would be the Dolphins going one and two in the next three weeks, and the Bills going two and one. That would set up uh, what Dolphins ten and six, Bills nine and seven, and then they would face each other. And because the Bills won the first game, the winner of Week 18's game would win the AFC East. Mm. And right now, I'm picking the Bills. Yeah, you would pick the Bills for sure. Um, yeah. Clearly. <laughs> and, you know, the Dolphins do certain things better than the Bills, but the Bills just have that quarterback and 
they're just kind of humming right now. They've already, you know, had a, you know, the, the Chiefs are down, but that's that's still a very impressive win. So, yeah, you would certainly pick that. And, and if you're the Dolphins, I mean, if you can lose to the Titans at home on a Monday night game, I mean, who, <laughs> like, you could lose to anybody at that point almost. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. and I, you know, I get the whole Tyreek thing, but, like, even then, you had a 14-point lead late. You know, if you can't hold that, then mm-hmm. how are you going to hold the Cowboys at any point? in a ball game. So they, uh, they got to turn around here quick because they could be definitely in danger of kind of what happened to them. I guess what last year, right. They got off to such a hot start and then Tua got hurt and they yep. just crumbled right down the stretch. So again, Tua still healthy for the time being mm-hmm. as of recording this, yes. but um, you know, if they don't stay healthy enough around them, puts him in danger, puts the whole team in danger. So that's a very uh, real scenario. And, it is funny you say that because at the end of that game on Sunday, Tony Romo said, well, the, you know, the bills are fighting for their lives and, you know, they're hoping to maybe play at home too. And Jim Nance was like, well, that would require some, some uh, meltdown from, from Miami. And, you know, <laughs> we're not too far off after they lost that. Money well, they really, if they just beat the Titans, like if they beat the Titans, not, they're, they're chilling. We're not talking about this. So that's no, you get down to this, man. This AFC is insane right now. Like, one game, you know. I mean, you could go through, I mean, but Saturday, right? Steelers, Colts play, and I believe the Bengals play the Vikings, right? Yeah. Is that who plays? Uh, yeah. And so. Like the only the only way, like, if the Dolphins and the Bills have the same record throughout the next three games, then the Dolphins clinch the division because there's a two-game difference. But again, we have like the Bills have two games that should be layups, and that the, the Bills will be favored in their next three games. The Dolphins will most likely be underdogs in two of their next three games. Mm. So that's eek. And then if you say like that, I was just kind of absentmindedly going through the AFC, the uh, ESPN playoff machine the other day. And I came through with a scenario where I didn't realize this at the time, but the the scenario I went through was I picked the Broncos to go four and zero for the rest of the season, uh, <laughs> which sounds kind of wild, but it was three games that I think they should win, and then this week they play at Detroit, and Detroit's only four and a half point favorites, and it's not anything crazy. I mean, the Broncos play the Patriots on Christmas Eve night the following week. Then they play the Chargers at home, in Denver. And then they play at Vegas. So, like, those last three games, they should win. So, that they, they should win ten games. And I think the scenario we have for the Dolphins is, you know, is 10 wins. I th- I think there's going to be like five AFC teams with exactly 10 wins and it's going to be kind of wild. Maybe even like six. Like a couple of those yeah, might be like, division winners, but then... I feel like this is what we thought it would be last year. I feel like it was last season yeah. we talked about how deep the AFC was going to be and then it just wasn't. And then this year coming out it was like, well, you know, I guess, you know, same old 
what Chiefs, Bills, Ravens, Dolphins. Like it's gonna be Jags. Yeah, maybe we, it's like it's gonna be the same thing. The teams we expected to be good are are good, it, it, and it's it's wild that this is happening with air with the Jets still being bad and the Chargers being bad. Because I think what we expected was, I think in their place, in those two teams' places, that's the Texans and the Colts that are good. And yeah. So. And even why. the Titans, like, the Titans usually hang around a little better than this. I know the roster's definitely taken a, yeah. an, a decline, but they still, like, <laughs> they're one of those teams. They find a way to just kind of be around 500, which this year 500 is, is likely not going to cut it. Um, no. Probably just by virtue of these teams, a lot of them are going to have to play each other. Yeah. So, like, if you're the the Browns right now, you feel okay if you're the Browns because you got a game on everybody. But this mm-hmm. week they'll play the Bears, which they're, you know, favored by three. They're at home. The Bears are playing better. They're not quite the yeah. same pushover Bears. Their defense is playing all right. Justin Fields looks all right. Then you're yeah, at I mean, the Texans, right? Yeah. Huge game. Because that's, mm-hmm. you, you know, these matchups. Then you got the Jets, which Jets should be, you would think, eliminated by week 17. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then you're, you got the Bengals, which, again, we'll mm-hmm. see how it plays out. But, like, these are um, high-leverage matchups on the schedule right now. Like, you know, Steelers-Colts this weekend already. Like, those teams are next to each other in the standings. This is going to be... It's it's hard to even pick through right now. Like again, you can okay about them. The Bills, you can probably feel okay about. Um, but other than that, it's like this stuff could change. Joe Flacco's in the mix. Like it's wild. Yeah, I, I, I really hope that Joe Flacco does not play the Ravens in the playoffs. <laughs> I just. I won't be able to handle it. If the Brett, I just, I think I'm that the Ravens would win that game. Like, I wouldn't be too terribly scared of losing that game. Like, actually, like realistically, but there's just enough there that <laughs> the idea of the Ravens losing to a Joe Flacco-led Browns team. In a in, in a playoff game in Baltimore, I I I don't know what I would do. <laughs> There's if so many levels to happen. that. If if nothing else, the 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 Dundalk Ronnie Stavros Halkius video would be generational. <laughs> It would be must. I would turn on. Have you would have to turn on notifications for that man. Yeah. Um, Joe Flacco's played well too. Like he hasn't come in yeah. and just kind of gotten carried. Like he has been kind of the reason <laughs> because he's been well above average. He's been the best quarterback that's played for them this year in terms of production, like on a yeah. per game basis. Like he certainly is better than DTR, who has been not good at all. You know, PJ Walker came in, he wasn't good. Deshaun Watson was disappointing. Like Joe Flacco's been the best. And funny enough, like their defense has fallen off in recent weeks. Not nearly as good. I guess they you know, I guess between injuries and you know, they've played a couple decent teams. Uh they haven't been as good, but man, they are you know, they beat the 
They beat the Jags, who, again, a little bit fraudulent, but still a good team. So, you know, the the Browns, looking at their schedule, if they finished 4-0, I wouldn't be shocked. If they finished 1-3, I would not be shocked. It's just kind of how this – uh just kind of how the league goes sometimes. <laughs> right. <clears throat> that AFC that wild card picture is a mess. It's I funny because it's like we're, we're going crazy for all this, and I, I bet all of them are eliminated in the, the first weekend. That is, like, that is all, exactly no, what I was about to say. Is outside the, of the, the Bills. The, the picture maybe. is a, a mess, <laughs> and yet at the same time, all of the wild card teams probably will not win a game except for maybe the team that doesn't win the AFC East. Um, I mean, because think of, I mean, you could see a situation where, you know, the Jags draw the Bills and the Dolphins first round. Eek. I'd probably pick mm. the Bills and the Dolphins. But if they draw the Ravens or the Chiefs or what's, what's the other one? The, the, the AFC's champion. Um, then that, then, you know, Maybe they the wild card team gets the road victory there, but uh, not against the Ravens or Chiefs, I wouldn't think. But hey, I don't know. The Bills just beat the Chiefs, so Dolphins <laughs> Dolphins wouldn't beat the Chiefs in Kansas City, I wouldn't think. But yeah, you'd have to wonder how good the the Colts would have been at this point had their quarterback stayed healthy, because you you'd think right. he would have developed and and gotten a little better as the season went on, and uh, they'd be, you know. And he was pretty good. First he place. was pretty good for a rookie even before he got hurt. So they the Colts will be a, a fun watch next year. Um, especially if, if they do anything significant in the offseason. And they, they might just they might make the playoffs this year, which would be nuts. And put up Shane Stike. There's a lot of really good coach of the year candidates this year. And there's gonna be like Three guys at least that you know you can only give it to one guy, and there's going to be like three guys who would deserve it that won't get it. Um, Dan Campbell, which you know, depending on how the Lions finish the season, maybe they wouldn't deserve it. And then Mike McDaniel, which you know, depending on how the Dolphins finish the season, maybe he wouldn't <laughs> deserve it. And this then is, uh, the Texans been a four week. The Texans. Yeah. And, uh, you know, depending on how they finish the season, maybe the Texans, you know, maybe the Miko Ryans wouldn't uh, deserve it. But then, uh, you know, Shane Steichen <clears throat> as well. So, but there's, there's so far so good. Those guys have been really good candidates for it. Um, outside of that, what are we missing from last year? The Eagles got beat up by the Cowboys. Um, Less competitive. The Eagles just aren't as good. Yeah, they uh they finally the Eagles you if you watch the Eagles they've been playing with fire for a few weeks now, and yep. you know it it got away from them pretty good against the 49ers, but you thought all right if if the Eagles are really going to be the Eagles that we've come to know, they'll you know maybe they won't win because I don't even think they they weren't favored in that game against the Cowboys, but this should no, be, I think it was be like one a three of those games. Spread. Yeah, it comes down to the end, and you know we'll see what happens. But man, the Cowboys just. They handled business. The Eagles could not score the football. No. So, 
I, uh, you know, feeling pretty good about the Cowboys right now. I got to say, maybe that's going to be their downfall because it, it always seems when things start to really come together, they, uh, that's when they really fall apart. So, you know, yeah, might not be the playoffs, but you know, Hey, it is the Cowboys. Yeah. That's the thing. I think it'd be, it would make the playoff collapse much more sweeter if it came with say a two seed and a Dak Prescott MVP win. So <laughs> like Dak Prescott gets up and accepts the MVP award the night before the Super Bowl, having been eliminated for the playoffs uh, for three weeks. That'd be pretty great. Uh, that'd be fun. But I mean, on the Eagles side of things, you're right. That playing with fire is probably the right word. Go, I mean, go back to the two months ago. They did lose to the Jets. That was a while ago. That had for a while. That was their only loss. But they did lose to the Jets. But then, you know, beat the Dolphins by two touchdowns. 38-31 against the Commanders. It's like, hmm, that's interesting. 28-23, they beat the Cowboys. 21-17, they beat the Chiefs. It's like, okay. Give up 34 points to the Bills. Just barely get it out in overtime. 42-19 against the 49ers last week. Or two weeks ago, if you want to call it now. And then 33-13, they lose to the Cowboys. I think Hurts just hasn't looked as good. Offense in general hasn't looked as good. I mean, their offensive coordinator last year was Shane Steichen, who is, like we said, a coach of the year candidate in Indianapolis now. And their defensive coordinator is now the coach of the Cardinals. And the Cardinals are better than we thought they'd be. And... You know, sometimes and not every team, you know, swaps that, swaps in new coordinators and, you know, it's all the same. Like Nick Sirianni doesn't call the offensive plays and he doesn't call defensive plays either. So it kind of makes sense that, you know, sometimes that might happen. It's not like, you know, the Ravens seem to almost always replace their defensive coordinators really well. Wink Martindale was sort of the exception, although he had a couple of good years. But then they finally get him out of there and they get Mike McDonald in there. And but then on the other side, the Ravens have had, you know, mostly the opposite success on offensive coordinators. So but they have a pretty good one now. So it's a it's a cycle there, but a lot less success in that. So that's just sometimes how it goes. And I think the Eagles it, it's hard to say that the, the third I mean, they're solidly the third best team in the NFL or in the NFC. And but when it comes to the playoffs, you say maybe they get to the playoffs and they can beat the Cowboys. I don't because it's the playoffs. But I don't know. I'm just not feeling the Eagles anymore. No, and I, I think it's partially because they aren't as impressive. Um, you know, if they were to have to go on a run here it have to be one of those seasons where you know this season wasn't their most impressive but that's the year they won the Super Bowl type of thing we've seen this with teams over time where you know you saw with the 2004 Steelers were 15 and 1 but they won the next season at 9 and 7 and the Packers 2010 were the sixth seed and won the Super Bowl they start 13 and 0 or something the next year and they don't win at all. The Giants did the same thing in 08. And, like, you see this. The Ravens in 2012. 2011 was, a you know, a better season for the Ravens. 
but 2012 was the team they backed from the playoffs. Then they went on a run. So you see this time and time again, and that's going to have to be it for the Eagles if they do go on a run. But I think the thing that really we hold over them, less so than what their team looks like, is that the 49ers look so unstoppable. So it's mm-hmm. hard to imagine anybody else <laughs> coming out of the mm-hmm. NFC because, like, they – outside of that stretch where it seems as if Brock Purdy was injured and wasn't playing well or was maybe slightly concussed and it was still playing. Um, yeah, I don't know. That, that, they had that weird little stretch. They want, I mean, what? It was all three of their losses were together. And yep, three in a row. You thought maybe, um, you know, maybe they got exposed a little bit. Brock Purdy coming back down to earth. And then they come out and destroy the Jags, and they've just been rolling ever since. And so, again, injuries can change your team in a week, but it's it's just hard to imagine right now. And we've seen the 49ers be dominant and not win the Super Bowl, but they're just playing at a level, and Brock Purdy is probably, you know, I'd, I'd say better. He can do more for you than Jimmy G was in that offense. He can push it down the field with a little bit more consistency. Um you know, they do a good job keeping him out of trouble. He currently probably doesn't need to do anything. I think he has he's one of the best quarterbacks statistics wise when he throws um, you know, before the line of scrimmage or behind the line of scrimmage because they just have so many playmakers and they block and they play smart. It's just a great team and uh their defense is probably a step down, but it's it just hasn't mattered because <laughs> they're putting up thirty points a game. Right. I, I, Brock Purdy winning MVP would just feel so dirty. You know? <laughs> yes. But yeah. at some point, it's going to be hard to deny his stats. Like, he's just going to have so much better stats, uh, you know, so, assuming the last four weeks of the season go well. It's just like, ugh. There's been a lot of discourse about quarterbacks lately, and Cam Newton made some comments about game managers and and all this. And people started to post some stats from kind of like the mid to early 2010s, which was a great time for for quarterbacking and and passing game. And it makes you realize that 10 years ago, we were really passing the ball at least for more yardage. I don't know how much more efficient it was than what we're doing now in the league, but guys were throwing for 5,000 yards a bunch and quarterbacks were throwing for 300 yards in a game. It seemed like all the time, every week, like that felt like the barometer for a good quarterbacking game was, Oh, we threw for 300 yards. It feels like you saw it all the time and it just doesn't happen a bunch now, but each week Brock Purdy is the one. Oh, there's 325 yards. Sweet. 350. Oh, threw for 289. Cool. Like, and he's doing it every week. And even like the best quarterbacks just aren't putting those type of numbers each week. Maybe Dak is up there. Um, but it's just, it, I guess it's just a different league and maybe we're being more efficient with the run game now um, and being more creative there. But it is weird how, how the, the league's kind of shifted in that way where it's just not the, the, the pure raw numbers just aren't quite as gaudy as they were 10 years ago. Yeah. Cause it's not like, you look at the rushing stats, and you know, outside of Derrick Henry in 2020, we're not getting crazy rushing numbers from any like one particular running back. I, I, I don't know exactly what to chalk it up to. 
But, I mean, you do look at, say, the top 10 passing yard seasons of all time, and from 1 to 10, it goes 2013, 2011. Then you get Tom Brady in 2021, Mahomes 2022. But then it goes... 2011, 2016, 2012, 2013, 2018, 2019. So it's fascinating. Yeah, is I'm it just sure. kind of a was it just kind of a perfect moment in time of you know? Yeah, I think Peyton I think on the Broncos, was... Brady. Real, that's really Brady's prime for me. <laughs> Funny enough, like he was obviously yeah, he kind of was great, but that's that... when Brady really just was like unstoppable. Right, he kind of had a second prime, basically, because he won one, those one of three... one of these five primes. Right, he had, he won those three Super Bowls in the early two thousands, and then he won what three more in the twenty tens, where you know they, they go this what the, the the Falcons Super Bowl, the the Rams Super Bowl. And, and and all that good stuff, and you got Drew Brees in there. I wonder if it was you know they changed the rules for defensive backs that made it easier for wide receivers to get open and made the passing game a lot easier. Somewhere in the mid two thousands, two thousand five ish, and I wonder if there was just a it was far enough down that road that it was kind of the peak of quarterbacks and offenses getting used to those rules. And then there's been an adjustment period since then where defenses have started to adjust now. And we're, we're seeing just a little less. And you're seeing quarterbacks run more. That's true. I think that maybe that, that, that part uh, comes into it. You know, Mahomes and, and Hertz and Lamar and you know, Dak Prescott and Josh Allen. Those, those are all guys that are willing to run the ball. Trevor Lawrence, even, you know, whoever you want to throw in there. Whereas – you know, you look up and down the, the this list, most passing yards in the seasons. It goes Brady, Breeze, it, or Manning, Breeze, Brady, Mahomes. Brady, Breeze, 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 Roethlisberger, Winston. <laughs> so none of those guys were running the ball, like ever. So. Yeah, I think that era was probably maybe the best era for pure pocket passers. Because it was two of, what, two of Peyton's best years. Some of Brady's best years, Stafford yeah. was uh-huh. was coming into his own. Big Ben's best years, um, Eli was you know fine, I guess. Uh, Philip Rivers was still playing very well at that time, like. And then you you find some of these other guys, right? So Cam Newton, you could probably find a decent season here and there. Um, guys like that, that kind of second tier, were also very solid passers and. You go through the list. It's like, yeah, I guess um, we maybe had a we had a little better there from from just a pure passing stats standpoint. And I guess that's where Brock Purdy comes in because he does just kind of stand back there and like they doesn't run a whole lot. Like you know, might roll out of the pocket, but he certainly is not a running quarterback, and he's I he's barely a scrambling quarterback because they stay so on schedule and within that system. And when you're just hitting receivers on time and the yak is like that, then, yeah, I guess you are going to throw for 300 yards a game. Yeah. Man. Yeah, I didn't really think about that. But I don't know. Who who would be your MVP 
right now there, Ryan? Man, it's tough because there are going to be some critical games here down the stretch. Um, I was feeling Tyreek a little bit, mostly, and I, you know, I'm not a huge fan of his, but you know, for <laughs> certainly for some off the Reasons. field things, but but um, you know. I think for him, he'd probably have to to break the record, which I don't I don't know now if that's going to be within the yeah. realm of possibility. But you know, I'm I in a year where we can't really nail down which quarterback, it would be cool to give it to a non quarterback for once, um, especially like you know how we talked about in a league where quarterbacks are crazy important, but maybe their stats aren't quite as good as they've always been. Uh, it'd be nice to maybe get it to somebody else before quarterbacks just become everything and you know all encompassing. Um, so, but if I if I had to pick one man, I feel like it, it's probably Dak. To be honest, um, he's just looked the most impressive to me from week one to now. Like he has impressed me more than any other quarterback. That team is you know, almost as good <laughs> as any team, uh, still very great. And I think that offense is kind of peaking at the right time too. Yeah, that's that's probably where my head the head goes as well. Although Lamar Jackson, you know, he's uh he's still around. And I think he's like I think he's third. I think he's third in, in the betting odds behind Purdy and and, and Dak. So there's there's probably a world where you know if the Ravens were to beat the 49ers on Christmas night and then beat the Dolphins and just say that you know win out their last four games one seed you know f- what 14 and three they would they would be he he probably could he could get it depending on how the Cowboys end the year uh, he's been putting up some of his best numbers uh, of the year. Uh, of his career, passing the ball certainly is look. You know he's probably going to throw for something like thirty eight hundred yards and eight hundred and rush for eight hundred yards, which is nuts. I think that was the stat that I heard that only Kyler Murray in twenty twenty has ever has ever hit. Hmm. Um, not that that's you know Hall of Fame company or anything, but it's still really good. Uh. That Ravens game was fun. Too much fun. It was, that stressed me out. That stressed me out a lot. I didn't like it. I didn't like I didn't like it, Ryan. <laughs> yeah, the Ravens haven't played a ton of nail biters, really. Um I no. guess what the, that Colts game went to overtime. Um they had the Browns game that they lost, the Steelers game that they lost. Uh we yeah, were but, we were uh, preoccupied during that Steelers game. Uh too busy preparing ourselves for well, we didn't know what we were preparing ourselves for at the time. <laughs> pain. It ended up being pain. Yeah, that with the Orioles losing game was that one? Was that game one? Two. Or was that game? That was game, game, two. Two. game two. Yeah, you're right. That was game two. <clears throat> um, to the Rangers, which was awful, and just felt that that was like death death of the season which by the way the Orioles um what 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 huh what's uh are they are they selling the team 
Are they signing the lease <laughs> to stay in Baltimore? Are they going to sign any players outside of Craig Kimbrell? Yeah, can we do something there? Um, I don't know, man. The, the The vibe I got on that was there was the rumor of them negotiating a sale of the team with, what was it, Dave, Dave Rubenstein and others, lo- local Maryland-based businessmen, however you want to put it. And then, like, what, the next day, there was the rumors of, like, what's going on with the, the Camden Yards lease. And, well, a lawmaker put a, was said, hold on, we should put a halt to this because of sale rumors. And then John Angelos had to tell the state of Maryland, no, we're not go, we're not selling the team. The team's not for sale. <laughs> but I think it was more like, no, the team, no, sell the team. No. We're not. What? Oh, do that? Come on. Um, Meanwhile, they haven't signed the new lease yet that they agree- said that they agreed to at the end of the regular season. Yeah, just a complete lie, honestly. Like that. Yeah. They didn't really agree to anything. <laughs> An agreement Clearly. to maybe agree is basically. Clearly, they did not. No. Um, and you know, pretty shameful to do it on the night they they clinched the division. Also, it's just kind of perfectly in character for for the current ownership, and that's really all I'm rooting for. Like, can we just sell the team? Like it, it just can't get, it can't get worse, right? Because as good as a team as they have built, you say that now. Not, they're they're clearly not going to spend any money, or you know, they've. It seems that they're trying to extend these guys, but. You know, are they negotiating good faith to actually give them their market value? Probably not. And so, like, this year feels like the peak of what they could be as a baseball team. And it's just, you know, good regular season team, but it's just not good enough. Like, you have to spend money to, to win. You know, the Rangers went out, and they were a last-place team. They spent a bunch of money over a couple years to get good players. And then imagine that, the good players – won them a world series. <laughs> and so uh this team was really good and uh we're signing a washed old closer to cover for our closer who destroyed his elbow. So congrats, I guess. Like there's just you know there's no hope. And listen, if you sell the team to another cheap owner who's doing the same thing, then it's just more of the same whatever. I'm used to it. But maybe you sell it to somebody who understands that like the Orioles were once a great brand in sports. <laughs> um, not that they're going to return to that in baseball's current state, but man, if you could be that second tier of baseball brand below the Dodgers and the, the Yankees and you know even the Astros at this point, then you're going to really be rich because the team can't be worth a ton right now. Like they, they haven't put any money into it. No, no, I'm what, yeah, sell the team. I'm done with them, done with it. Um, you know who they could probably sell the team to? Shohei Otani. Oh, yes, I think he could be a majority owner with all the money he's making from the, from the LA Dodgers. Although he'd probably have to wait, you know, 20 years from now. 
because he's only making two million dollars a year for the next ten years. Yeah, that's um... why. Why? Why are they allowed to, to to do that? That seems weird. What's going yeah, on? There? Especially for a big market team, and like it's it's basically going to be the biggest talking point in the next collective bargaining agreement. <laughs> Um, right for for both parties really um yeah i'm the dodgers now still they're paying them two million a year like they have all the money in the world to keep improving this team um so again if they don't win the world series next year or the year after they are gonna look like complete failures but Mm -hmm. he's gonna get huge payouts in about 10 years. Um, yeah, it's when essentially... He's no longer on the team. It's weird. Right, essentially, they he... Apparently, it was his idea, which, good for him, that this $700 million contract of his is paid out in def- deferred payments where he only makes $2 million for the duration of the contract itself, and then for the following 10 years is when he makes the other what's the math there 680 million yep. so that's wild um but it, and it's I a guess clever that works idea out for the team better too because it's a clever idea because if for Otani it's like he's barely getting paid anything they can take the money that he would be paid the you know 70 million dollars a year and they can put it into other players to make the team better, because baseball—it's the—it's the ultimate team sport. You know, you can only like you say it all the time. You know, Otani's only one ninth of the batting order and only one fifth of the starting pitching staff. You know, at, at most, and clever, but like that seems like cheating. I don't like it. Yeah, it's pretty rough, and it's—it's it's like how do you even compete with that if you're other teams and signing players? So I. I feel yeah, like it's it like it's is. the Dodgers. Of course, they're going to be able to afford that ten years from now, uh, as opposed to you know ten to twenty years from now, as opposed to one to ten years from now. They're the Dodgers. It's like duh. Yeah, and yeah, like that it's amount of money. Like what is it? Forty, like forty some million a year or something at some point. Like that. If you're paying that in fifteen years, that's way different than paying that now. Mm-hmm. It's. I mean, look at some of the contracts handed out. 10 to 15 years ago, it looks like yeah. chump change compared it. to some of these current ones. And so that's that's going to make it easier on the Dodgers part to pay him out. And they do have to, I think they essentially have to prove that they have that money either now or when that initial kind of contract ends. They At some point, they have to prove they have that money in the bank to pay him. But, I mean, that that's easy for them to just prove it. And then when the time actually comes to pay him, that money will be I mean, worth a lot less, basically. That's kind of usually how the world works. And so that that works out great for both sides. But, man, if you're a small market team or um, – and, you know, small market team is usually just code for, for cheap owner because uh-huh. you could be a uber-crazy multi-billionaire and own a baseball team in, you know, Martinsburg and <laughs> pay players that amount of money because you're a billionaire. And so – you know, it it is what it is. 
at some point, baseball is really going to have to put some restraints on how the players are paid because this probably sets a precedent for the Dodgers and other big organizations to kind of stack their payroll like this in a way where they are really going to put together some insane lineups probably. Yeah. And you're going to see even more of the top talent in baseball go to the same two, three, four teams. And so it's going to be impossible. And it'll just get to a point where some of the most, a majority of the owners are going to say, all right, this is enough's enough. And there has to be some competitive balance, some parity measures in place because this is not sustainable. Or maybe the sport will just crumble and it'll be three teams and the rest won't matter. Kind of like now. But, um, that sounds more like how it would go, just with who runs the sport, you know. Yeah, that's good. That's that's a fair point, too. At this point, it feels like baseball is just hanging on for dear life until football becomes just illegal outright. Because, <laughs> like, they are – there's plenty of money. I mean, gosh, baseball, you know, look at this contract. Like, there's money in baseball. It's still a huge yeah. sport. But it is just not – remotely relevant compared to the NFL and even the NBA really has, has really surpassed it. So good on them. Maybe this will be a story. It's nice that, you know, at least he's not a Yankee. Um, Right. But again, we will see he's only a certain part of the lineup. It's not like LeBron out there where he can take over every play. It's, it's it's limited and he's not even going to pitch next year. So I, you know, again, we'll see how it goes. Injuries are crazy in baseball. Like, you know, it is what it is. And that's that's the issue with baseball. It's like this happened, and it's a big story for a day. And now it's just kind of like, all right, I'll move on with my life. I'll see the highlights next year. And and that's it. Like, this isn't – it's it's just kind of sad. Right. Yeah, no one really – not enough people care about baseball anymore for this to like be a, a big stink that on a national level. Yeah. For very long at least. It's like so. it was like this the sixth highest story on, on Sports Center. So. Yeah, like we're gonna move on with our we're gonna move on with our lives here on this show. Which of course this show is the is the you know, we are a finger on the pulse of the nation. <laughs> Everyone knows. Whatever is talked about on this show is what's the talk of the town. Which, uh, you know, speaking of that, uh, D2 playoff realignment. <laughs> Tonight's top story. <laughs> uh, this is when having Russell Goodacre on the show would, would help to uh, really break break down what, what, uh, what happened there. But my understanding, in terms of how it affects uh, Shepherd University, there was just a little bit of, you know, which conferences fall into which playoff region. There was only a little bit. Um, it's 2025 realignment. Like the tweet from Reddit College Football said, you know, this week Colorado School of Mines and Harding are going to meet in the D2 uh, national championship game in two years. They will be in the same region. So hmm. that's fun. So it, it just going off of the, uh, the dots that are on here on the, on the, the uh, on the maps, it looks like Shepherd's region went f- from having more Ohio. It went from, it was pushed 
less to the west and more south, basically. That it now is, it's still the MEC, the NE10, and the PSAC. And now it's the CIAA is the other is the other conference in SR1. So it's not so much Ohio as it is now Virginia. And there's a little more there's a little more in North Carolina now. I'm not sure if Lenore Ryan is moving or not. I don't know who was in the CIA. Let me actually just well, let's check. <laughs> I can tell you uh Russ if you have any pressing thoughts on this. Go ahead and uh reply to the tweet that this podcast is is posted to and then it's easy for the audience to see we can just retweet it (laughs) yeah you can easy contribution we can we can promote yeah so virginia union last year won the won the cia i figured they were the ones that moved to sr1 and shepherd was moved out so it's them it's virginia state Bowie state Lincoln, Elizabeth City State, Bluefield State, Fayetteville State, Johnson C. Smith, Livingstone, Winston-Salem State, Show, and St. Augustine's. That's the CIAA. And I assume that wherever Assumption was is who, is, who got moved out. So, I don't, I don't know exactly what, what division that, what, a, what conference that is, but very Ohio and like Indiana heavy. So uh, I think that's that's who moved out there. I'm gonna tr- try to figure this well no uh assumptions in the NE ten, so never mind. They're they're still in it. So there's a lot of teams that won't be though in that sort of Ohio ish area. But eh, yeah. whatever. And uh I mean in all likelihood still gonna see the uh the PSAC dominate those regional rankings in football. Yep. Um and uh, that'll be that, you know? And, like, I mean, just like this year, you know, you have those one or two teams pop in there who had a really good season and, and won their conference, but uh, we're still the uh, we're still the cream of the crop here in Pennsylvania and West Virginia. Right. Yeah, that's, uh, you, know what, you know what, it's wherever Tiffin. I think Tiffin is moving out of, uh, of SR1, <laughs> I think, I believe. I am uh, looking at this correctly because uh, that makes sense. They're in Ohio. They're not in the any 10 because New Haven won the any 10 and Tiffin was on the top seats. So I, I do prefer this move um, just in terms of, you know, potential, not just playoff opponents, but potential maybe a little out of conference games. This might open the door for some more of that. If, if, you know, you want to get some some in-region wins, potentially. Um, yeah. I'd prefer to, to kind of have more of these Virginia teams out here than these Ohio teams. Just feels more, feels more with by, by a long shot. And so um, there's some good opportunity there, some fun teams, programs, fun HBCUs uh, in the mix here now. So looking forward to that. Be some fun matchups, some potentially fun road trips. Right. Yeah, that should be fun. I believe the GMAC is what is what we're looking for. I guess the one that we're it's the one that we were looking for there. Yeah, so, they all uh, pan the comparison to the Tarmac Conference. So, of course, yes, nothing, nothing compares. <laughs> but yeah, that's 
that's what's going on there for the people that care. I don't know. Uh, if they if they hung around this long in the podcast, I'm gonna assume they care. Just my guess. It's a good point. Yeah, like Finley, Ashland, Ohio Dominican, Tiffin. That's that's who we're talking about here. Moving out. So goodbye, Finley. Goodbye. Yeah. Yeah. We got anything else here? I think feel like we didn't really talk about Bill Belichick and the rumors that he's not coaching the Patriots after next after this year. Um nah, we'll have uh we'll have time for that when it actually happens. Yeah, that's one of those things where I could see it not actually being true. I agree. I mean, the team is just not good. So it's like, how do you expect him to, you know, you expect Bill Belichick to be able to elevate some stuff. But even then, like, their defense is is pretty solid, you know? Yeah, and their he's offense, not the offensive coach. And, you know, Bailey Zappi is their quarterback, and the offense overall just isn't that good. And so, you know, it is what it is. I think firing him, I, I don't hate the move. He's old. He's He's probably not going to you know, budge on some of his methods and not going to hire great OC. So for all that stuff, it's like, yeah, we can move on, but we wouldn't call this team in particular his fault. But, you know, we can say that for another day. And I, I feel like by the time this would actually be confirmed, if he still wants to coach, the rumors for his next team would have to be heating up by that point as well. You know, so that would you be know, the fun if part. Is, if he yeah, wants I... to uh, pair up with Justin Herbert and, and win a Super Bowl, um, you know, we'll see, but, um, yeah, I will say because there's so many teams tied in the, uh, wild card races, the tiebreaker explanations are unbelievable. <laughs> so here's the, uh, the Steelers are the sixth seed at, they're one of the 18 teams at seven and six. So they, uh, here, here's, here's the explanation wins tiebreak over Indianapolis based on best win percentage in common games. Wins tiebreak over Buffalo and Denver based on best win percentage in conference games. Division tiebreak was initially used to eliminate Cincinnati. Pittsburgh wins the break over Cincinnati based on head-to-head win percentage. Division tiebreak was initially used to eliminate Houston. Indianapolis wins tiebreak over Houston based on head-to-head win percentage. That's just to explain where the Steelers are. It's simple, folks. (laughs) It's that simple. And then, man, you get to the NFC, and it's like there's three of them that are that long. So, yeah, it's going to be fun, man. I I think even next week, I don't know how much more clarity we're going to have. Like, it's going to take at least a couple be a weeks lot. here. No, it can't be a lot. I think that's um, the only thing we didn't we didn't really dip into all of, all of these games that are coming up this week um, for the NFL. So, if you were looking for the the week preview, I hope you uh you know. If you're just here for the NFL stuff, you you dipped out when you heard D2 conference realignment or whatever. Uh, <laughs> you missed out. So, yeah, Steelers and Colts are both 7-6. and six. They play each other this week. Broncos play the Lions in Denver or, not, or in Detroit. Uh, the Bengals at 7-6. and six. They host the, the Vikings. The got the Ravens and Jaguars on Sunday night. That's more of uh, divisional seeding. Uh, the Texans could be missing C.J. Stroud this week, and they play the Titans. Titans are favored by three points, so I think that's probably assuming C.J. Stroud won't play, right, I guess. Like I said, Browns play the Bears, and Bills play the Cowboys. And yeah, that's uh, 
nationally televised. Right. Yeah, that's uh, then Eagles, Eagles, Seahawks on uh, Monday night. Seahawks really need to win that game, uh, or else they'll have a rough time getting in the playoffs. So there you go. There's a lot. There's yeah. Any of those games could go any. There could any combination of those games. I don't think is going to give us a whole lot of clarity, like results. Any. I mean, any... You, you figure six through eleven in the AFC, they all. It's not like we're oh, the, all these teams are within two games. Like they all have the same record. So no matter what combination, and there's only two of them that are playing each other this week. So. Yeah, yeah, and so like no matter what combination of wins and losses, it's like okay, well now, you know maybe the right. eleven seed is is two games back of the the Browns at five. Yeah, you get a um, you get a, a little bit of clarity next week when the Bengals and Steelers play each other, and then the Browns and Texans play each other. The Steelers, man, they uh, they will we'll find out what their what their playoffs uh, look like because they 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 are the ones that two weeks in a row they they play seven and six teams and they are also seven and six. So yeah, and especially you know after those two terrible losses. Because it's like, all right, you, you bad loss to the Cardinals. Maybe you chalk it up to Kenny's injury threw you off, and Kyler Murray being somewhat of a decent version of himself. Rain delays, whatever. Patriots short week, just awful. Mitch Trubisky was terrible. Defense gave up twenty one early points. They at least got you a shutout in the second half to give you somewhat of a chance. But like twenty points is already too much to ask for. So now you have like a long week. You don't get quite the full Thursday mini buy, but you get a long week. You're literally on its first take every day a segment about this team, and you know Big Ben has has properly aggregated his his own podcast to get on Sports oh, Center all day. God. So, um, you know every it's it's all kind of piling on you here. So I think this will be the week. I mean, if they lose this week, it's it's definitely over. Like they, it, I think it's just zero. They could even win three straight after. It's just zero chance. So, for all intents and purposes, you're playing a playoff game while everybody's trashing you. So this is this is really going to be the week. It's like how how legit is this team to you know win nine ten games? Well, so, the quarterback's Mitch Trubisky, so not that yeah. legit, probably. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, Mitch versus Gardner Minshew going to be quite the show. So, looking forward to it. Mitch, Mitch Shoe. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> yeah, Ravens, Jags on Sunday night. That should be interesting. I I mean, the Ravens should win. Jags have looked pretty bad. Um, yeah, they've fallen off. Yeah, lost to the Browns. Lost to Joe Flacco. So, I don't know. Maybe, maybe the, uh, maybe the Browns are just on one. And the Jags will recover, but they did also then lose to Jake Browning. So maybe, <laughs> Browning maybe the Jags wins. just suck. Maybe the Jags suck against backup quarterbacks, and they'll beat the starting quarterback uh, of the Ravens. Which you know, for the Ravens to be this far along in the season and Lamar's still playing, it's been a while. Yeah, <laughs> you'll take it. Right. Uh, they should win, though. I mean, they lost in Jacksonville last year. They should have a chip on their shoulder from that. That was one where they blew blew the lead in the second half. And the Ravens almost came back. Lamar had that beautiful deep ball to Deshaun Jackson, but it wasn't quite enough. So 
They should. No. They should as, as long as ETN just can get maybe a couple touchdowns, you know, whatever happens, happens. All right. It, it is fantasy football playoff season. Let's let's just check in before we before we get off of here. Let's <laughs> how's, how's the playoff? How's the fantasy team looking? All right. So in my league, this is the final week of the regular season. Okay. And then it is a it's just four teams next week's semifinal and then the championship. Currently, okay. There are so the top four get in. There are four of us at eight and six, three through six. We're all tied. Wow. I unfortunately am the last of those with the tiebreaker of points scored. Um, but I am facing off against the five seed. So if I can just mm-hmm. if I, I I basically need a win. And then I need three or four to lose. And okay. uh, I believe, what, four is facing number two. Three is facing the worst team in the league. So that's probably out. So basically need to win. I need the fourth seed to lose. And then I can sneak in there. But we'll see. It's gotten The injuries have gotten a little bit tough. The running backs are starting to get banged up left and right. Um, I started Clyde's Edward Alaire last week. It was pretty rough, so... <laughs> yeah, I lost, I, and I lost. Man, it was it was rough. I lost by like <clears throat> less than a point on Monday Night Football, <clears throat> cruising to a win, and then Mostert gets two easy touchdowns at the goal line off of turnovers to lose me the game by less than a point. It was as crushing a loss as I've ever had. Because if I won that game, I would be pretty sure to get to these playoffs. So, damn. Yeah, it was brutal. It was brutal, but um. You know, on the other hand, I faced Justin Herbert, and he scored uh, two and a half points, I think. So, you know, you give and you take. But that's where we stand, fighting for our lives. There you go. Yeah, my I have three fantasy leagues. Um, funny enough, so I'll, I'll get to the I'll get to the one that we can do a rundown of here in a second. But uh, two of the three are for money. I missed the playoffs and went seven and seven in the one that's not for money. So, <laughs> who cares? Fuck it, we both. Uh, I got a dynasty league it's a, that's in its first season where, uh, interestingly enough, so th- this w- this was dubbed an experimental league. So <laughs> tell me how you th- tell me how you think of what you think of these these uh, these settings here. We did a super flex. Dude. Are you familiar with the phrase super flex? No. So it's an extra flex position where it can be a quarterback. Interesting. So I don't. Um... Yeah. I don't hate it, but I feel like it it does slightly defeat the purpose of it being res- resembling a football team. <laughs> it I am that makes I didn't even think about it like that, but yeah, you know what? That's fine. Uh, I I don't hate the take, but it, it's been fun. It's an extra like you know, it makes it interesting because it's what like it's a twelve team league and there's two quarterbacks and it's a dynasty league, so you want like to keep you want to stash the young guys too. The quarterback waiver wires desolate it's incredible it's garbage i mean you would um, think somebody probably has jake browning starting right like there has to be some crazy stuff going on buddy <laughs> colin mclaughlin of uh, talk radio wr and rnt 10 uh he this is a dynasty league so uh there's gonna be drafts rookie drafts he secured himself the number one pick in the draft uh this past week in the last week of the regular season by uh, finishing the year. Let me look at the standings if I can. Uh, so here's the other thing about what we did. 
you got two results every week. You didn't just get whether you won your game or not. But if you finished in the top half of the league in scoring, you got another win. And if you finished in the bottom half of the league in scoring, you got another loss. So every week you either went 2-0, 0-2, or 1-1. So it rewards you for scoring a lot, and it's like yes, you, you could if win. you score yes, if you score a lot of points but lose, you can still get you can still get credit half credit for. I, I like that. Yes, Colin finished the season five and twenty three. Oh, his quarterbacks that he's starting currently are Joe Flacco. <laughs> he doesn't even have enough quarterbacks to use the second spot. He was at one point in the season using Tyson Bajan, Jimmy Garoppolo, <laughs> Kirk Cousins, and Aaron Rodgers. Good Lord. Yeah, he, he had Dorian Thompson Robinson in there at one point. He traded, oh. Justin, he traded Justin Fields for Kirk Cousins. Like, that wasn't the only part of the trade, but. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, he's he secured himself uh, probably Marvin Harrison Jr. in the old, in the rookie draft. <laughs> so. But I didn't. So there was also scoring in this league. Like you know, if you had a thirty-yard catch, it it was uh, extra bonus for than say like a five-yard catch. For so like big plays got you more points. So there was scoring like that, and like tight ends got an extra boost for like you know what for their stats were, so to make them matter a little more. So experimental. Um, in that league, uh, I'm, I'm doing well. What I didn't know was if you finished the uh, the year with the best record in the league. You got uh, fifty dollars out of the three hundred dollars put in to the league. Mm. So that was that was a so the the winner of the playoffs gets two fifty. But shout out to uh, Cameron Johnson to uh, for getting the the, the fifty dollar one seed bonus. So and so I'm twenty and eight. So I got the I got the four seed, but I'm I'm struggling to hang with these other guys. My I'm I'm really relying on Josh Allen and, and Stephon Diggs here with the, the stack to to come through for me. Oh man! So that that league's gonna be rough. I'm the four seed. The guy who's the five seed does not set his lineup, so I, <laughs> I should at least be able to say I won a playoff game, and then I'll probably get mopped by the one seed. Uh, but well, here, this ought to be of interest to you, uh, and for the people listening, Ryan Stickle was offered a spot in this fantasy league last year, and he declined it. <laughs> he was put into the group chat, and he left it. We had to find another person to replace him because we found 10 people and then there was suddenly there was nine. Interesting. So we had to replace him. We were able to do it. But the fun thing about this league is that nine of the 10 people in it have been on the show. And uh, I don't know if we would have been able to say it's 10 out of 10 if Ryan were in it, as I don't know. I don't remember who replaced who. Uh, it might have been, you know what? It might have been 10 out of 10 because I believe Connor Long, brother of Jake Long, one time guest on the show, might have been the 10th person. <laughs> Actually, you know what? I think there was 12 people in this league last year. I think we had Noah Herder in. We might have had Noah Herder in here and uh, Oscar Robles. So, uh, but anyway. Is Noah I, not in it this year? Uh, Noah's not in it this year. No. He's watching more football than he ever has in his life and he's not in it. <laughs> Right, the one uh, the year standings. he watches football. Uh, at the bottom, this is not a dynasty league. So the the teams at the bottom. This was a keeper league, though. Um, teams at the bottom: Shepard Snyder, two and twelve. Uh, does not set his lineup. 
Uh, almost beat me, though. I only beat him by 10 this week. So. Oh, man. Markel Campbell, 3-11. Does not set his lineup. Did beat Garrett this week, costing him the one seed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Garrett man. lost this game because uh, Tyreek Hill got injured and missed half the game, and Garrett lost by 1.1 points. Brutal. <clears throat> um, let's just go. Uh, let's see. Luke McGoldrick, 3-11. Does not set his lineup. <laughs> uh, Jake Long, 7-7. Seven and seven. Don't think he's – I think he wasn't setting his lineup. And then halfway through the season, I was like – I mentioned something about, you know, oh, who gets the money at the end of the year? And Jake was like, wait, this lease for money? Oh, my God. <laughs> and he started setting his lineup a little bit. Uh, Logan Rothstein does not set his lineup. 7-7. Seven and seven. Beat Nick Arguelles this week, eliminating Nick from the playoffs. Oh. Nick Arguelles, 9-5, and five, missed the playoffs. That's tough. Sad day. He had himself a really good team, too. Jalen Hurts, Kyron Williams, Devin A-Chain, A.J. Brown, Puka Nakua, T- Travis Kelsey. I was scared of this team. What? And he missed. Yeah. <laughs> he went 9-5 and five and missed the playoffs. He, he lost the point-scored tiebreaker to Connor Long. Oh, my God. Who, uh, you know, somehow he's, his lineup looks a lot worse on paper. He's got Jordan Love, ETN, Kamara, Met, DK Metcalf, uh, Devontae Adams, Slash Cortland Sutton, TJ Hawkinson, uh, Stephon Diggs. Oh man, so that's pretty good. But I will say, ETN has been <clears throat> very good. Hawkinson might be what the second best tight end. He's up there. Yeah, but he's even through the injuries. He's been he's been solid. <clears throat> so your playoffs are you know the, the Connor Long uh, at the four seed, me nine and five the three seed. Uh, my team for the second year in a row has been uh, a point of controversy because um, it's stacked. And but last year I did not win, I did not win the championship. Uh, I just I just rob people in trades. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> but my my lineup is Patrick Mahomes, Christian McCaffrey. Uh, it was going to be DeAndre Swift or David Montgomery this week. I'm putting in Zeke Elliott. Amon Ross St. Brown, CeeDee Lamb, George Kittle, Cooper Cup, Cowboys defense, uh, Cowboys kicker. Then on my bench, I have DJ Moore, Sam Laporta, Jamonte Williams, Dalton Kincaid, Justin Fields. Pretty ridiculous team. And I had the same. uh, Anybody who has two 49ers, it's just automatic like you're a top three team. Right? Last year, I had Christian McCaffrey and Tyreek Hill. Oh, man. And I had like Joe Burrow and you know a couple other. I forget exactly who. I think I might have had, also had Cooper Cup again. You know something like that. I was, I was getting the, the group chat yelled about how good the team was and the trades that I was making. Um, most because I would send a trade to Logan, and I would message Logan, and I would say Logan, I sent you a trade, and he would go, okay, I'll accept it here in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> well. And they were fair. Like I would think through the trade at first, you know, and it'd be. It'd be fair enough, but still get yelled at. Uh, Drunk Garrett is the name of Garrett, producer Garrett's team. He's ten and four. He is the he's two seed. I am playing Drunk Garrett this week in our two round, our two week <laughs> matchup. And uh, in in first place, eleven and three, Cody List does not set his lineup. Wow. Yeah, that's uh, unreal. He did, 
he has that. He was, I told, he was, he messaged me today. He was like, I just found out today that I was in the playoffs in this league. I have not set that lineup since week seven. He's 11 and three, and he won the league last year. Wow. I guess he just, did he just <clears throat> set it for enough of the bye weeks to avoid like a collapse? Teams, the team he's got is kind of wild. It's uh, Stroud, Josh Jacobs, Tony Pollard, Debo, Mike Evans, Evan Ingram, Saquon Barkley, uh, Keenan Allen. Uh, James Cook. Those last two were on his bench. He was starting Keenan Allen over Debo Samuel. Debo was going off the last three weeks and he was on his bench. So, oh, And he's man. still 11-3 and three somehow because that man's the luckiest motherfucker on earth when it comes to fantasy football. He should probably continue to just not do anything then because it's working. Yeah, he's also like the two seed in that other dynasty league where he's also the commissioner. So I don't know. He's cheating <laughs> somehow. I'll figure it out. One, one of these days he just always wins fantasy football. I don't understand. So, yeah, that's the uh, bucket of Jesus dudes uh, fantasy football league. <laughs> and if you understand, if you, there's literally no chance that you understand all parts of that name without being in the league. So and even even the, everyone in the league though, probably doesn't understand. So <laughs> even you don't understand. Like, you, yeah, know, the, don't, you don't, don't know where the dudes part comes from. I got two out of three. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, and I won't reveal it on air. Not this is bad, but I just I like the you know, give you the mystery. Something controversial. No, it's just go Rams.